0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Everything I Wish I Knew. Again, here we are in Leon. This is the final two-parter episode of Leon before I continue through my university life. So let's begin. While I was in Lyon, I was enjoying life. Listeners, picture this. The temperature rarely went below five or ten degrees in the summer. It was warmer. Anything below 15 degrees in the summer was just weird. The Rhone and the Saone were always shining as they met at the confluence. The architecture fit the style. The weather was beautiful. The bars were busy. The shops were vibrant. The cafes were full. As you know, France has a prominent cafe society. And every day I was there, it just felt like Going to university was fun. As you know, or if I've not told you, the university we went to was a converted old tobacco factory. Going out after university, whether it was for tea or for a drink or for food or to go to a museum, was always an exciting day out. I always had energy, and each narrow street I found or large avenue or wherever I went just felt like a new adventure. There was always a new street I would find that would show me something different about the city. But one thing Leon holds more than any other place I visited, is my favourite spot in all of my travels. My favourite spot, and I would say at this point, I haven't been everywhere yet, but in all of Europe, was on top of the Basilica in Lyon, where you overlook the entire city from an amphitheatre. I would sit up there for hours, and no matter what worry I had in my life, what anxieties, worries and grievances, it would all disappear up there. It was and is my happy place. I remember I went up there after my final exam of the semester, as I felt nervous about whether I'd past but it was okay because going up there i just knew all would be well i do miss leon and have been back once or twice i intend to go back there again for a long weekend but listeners i won't sit here and wax lyrical about the arts cultures or how i found myself in these moments that's a given that's just life and i feel like this podcast is a lot of me waxing lyrical so today i'll give you something special today i will give you several anecdotes of my time in leon of funny things or things that I think are funny that happened to me or surrounding me or near me or among friends and I hope you enjoy hearing this as much as I remember being in these moments. So enough waxing lyrical, let's begin. So anecdote one, now I'm in a literature class, I'm in the old tobacco factory that is known as one of the universities in Lyon. In this particular class everyone spoke English or were strong English speakers whether it was their first or second language. I had French classes but they were later in the term or at different times. Anyway. Anyway, in this old tobacco factory is myself and students from all over the world and we're discussing and debating literature. I raised my hand to make a point. And in this particular passage of this book, I I wanted to really emphasize how powerful this book was or this particular passage was. I raised my hand, teacher calls upon me and I say, in this paragraph, you can really see the phallic imagery and how it reflects the emotions. My teacher looked at me carefully. He nodded, but his eyebrow raised ever so harshly. I was confused. Did I not answer it correctly? That's what it's called, right? And as I continue stressing this point about how the scene is really key for the first chapter and how it's vital to tell the story, the girl next to me looked at me funny, as did I notice the rest of the class did, and she said to me, did you mean pathetic fallacy? I looked back at her and noticed, not just her, the entire class looked at me, slightly concerned, and I replied back anxiously, yeah, that's what it's called when the weather matches the mood. Pathetic fallacy. Why are you all looking at me funny? To which she responded, because you said phallic imagery. Never have I ever began to profusely apologize so quickly in my life, nor have I ever been so embarrassed by this. It was a Freudian slip if I ever had. But my friends just laughed, the class laughed, and I laughed about it too, what else could I do? But every time I'm in the middle of debate, I slightly chuckle about this in my head. But yes, just to be clear audience, pathetic fallacy and phallic imagery are not the same thing. So remember that whenever you're in the middle of an English literature debate, or if you're ever reading a passage and the weather reflects the mood, it's a pathetic fallacy. They're not the same thing. Now, another anecdote for you listeners. This was perhaps my first dabble with language the language faux pas the second language faux pas this time was in french so every tuesday on my timetable we had intensive french 8 a.m to 12 midday with a break around 9 45 10 o'clock and our teacher who was so lovely and so sweet would choose a topic and we'd study it intensely for around an hour before we moved to a relating topic so this particular lesson our teacher was teaching us about you know things about money and finances so for instance you know teaching us words to use like bank, which is bonk in French money which is l'argent we keep learning and revising the vocabulary then she put a variety of pictures and images on the board and asked us like guess or take a shot at what you think this word could be in french and sometimes it's really simple and sometimes it's really difficult but she wanted to encourage us to speak up so one of the images on the board was a safe a safety deposit box you know when you see in old movies where you turn the dial you know left 32 right five and then it opens up and there's like gold bars in it it's a picture of that And she asked us and then called upon me saying, you know, Nico, what do you think this is? And without thinking or putting any thought into my answer, I just went with, Placard d'or. My French teacher squinted at me in that kind of internet meme kind of way. In my defense, I did have an overload of French words in my mind, so I created my own portmanteau. What did I say? Placard d'or? I said gold cupboard, which is why she just looked at me, half squinting, half rolling her eyes, which I don't blame her. She chuckled a bit, but she gave me a look of like, you son of a gun. And while I received a small chuckle from some of my classmates, it was one of those moments where I sat there of idiotic pride in which I stood proudly at my hilarious silliness but there were many moments like that among my friends in Leon when we forgot the words we would just kind of combine other words and hope the other person understood what we were saying another example of this was forgetting A word for curtain, which was summed up beautifully as vêtement pour fenêtre, which we said, ah, window clothes, because we just couldn't think of the word. And then we found out the correct word. But that's the beauty of language. You can put two and two together and hope somebody understands what you're saying. But there was a few times I had a placard d'or moment of just saying, oh yes, the gold cupboard, what else could it be? It seems so sensible. And listeners, I will give you my final anecdote, which didn't necessarily involve me, it involved one of my friends, but it was more of the astounding ability in which he did this. So one evening my friends and I were coming back from a restaurant or a bar or a day out. We're on our way home and a lot of us lived the same direction. So as we're going through the metro, we had our tickets, we went through the barrier, we had our passes. It was on this metro that ticket inspectors came on and one by one we showed each other the tickets, the passes. Yes, everything was valid and then they got to my friend. Now I won't name him but I think those who know about this story will know which one I'm particularly talking about. My friend, he for some reason must have forgotten to put his ticket in and just jumped in the barrier with us so he just didn't think to you know pass he had a ticket but it wasn't validated so he didn't do that which is the issue here and his french is impeccable it's better than mine it's better than a lot of ours he's basically fluent and the um, inspector asked him sir your ticket is invalidated and what should have been about a 60 euro fine there and there on the spot my friend befriended the ticket inspector chatted with him and managed to haggle down the fine to 30 euros it wasn't necessarily the rule of oh if you pay it back in 30 days it will be cheaper there and then he haggled it down and got it cheaper because of just his french his kind of natural charisma, being able to get along with the guards and he explained the situation. We were all there like as friends to be like, oh no, like it it is just an accident. But my friend's just natural charisma just took it down to 30. And we all stood there at all. He managed to leave at his stop. He got out, but the ability to haggle down a fine was impressive. And we all just stood there in awe of, how did you do that? How did you manage to get past a ticket inspector with no ticket and halve your own fine? We were impressed. I was utterly shocked. And if anything, I asked him, like, you need to teach me the skill If ever I get into, you know, hot water or anything. I need to know what happened or how you obtained this superpower because it was so impressive to me. But yet here we are. He did it. He haggled a ticket down and as we went through the metro that night, as the as we all walked home, the group chat was filled, telling other friends of like, you won't believe what happened. He, our friend, our friend befriended the ticket inspector not only did he not get into trouble he halved his fine and we were just utterly gobsmacked at how he did this but yeah here we are smiling laughing and these are only a few of the memories that i'm sharing with you today leon was a great time of my life i can sit here for a episode after episode talking about it but i would go back to waxing lyrical about it and having had discussions with my friends about you know oh i wish i lived abroad or i wish i'd done this so to all my listeners out there the ones who really wish they had you know traveled done something amazing or feel like they've missed out on an opportunity because of life happens or the opportunity wasn't there for them at their universities or what have you things happen in life i am talking to you from a level of privilege so it would be wrong of me to tell you to either work harder or you know change your situation because sometimes life isn't that easy. I was inspired by a story I heard via a podcast. It was from Liz Gilbert and she was having a discussion with Oprah. And this Liz Gilbert was at one of her book signings. And for those of you who don't know who she is, she is the lady who wrote Eat Pray Love which became a film starring Julia Roberts. And Liz Gilbert was at her signing and one of the fans of her book came up to her and said i want to tell you something my mother did and every day for about 30 years or so she managed to get one pound or one dollar as an equivalent a day and put it into a coffee cup or a coffee can she did that every day for 30 years because she was looking after a couple of kids on her own working full-time and she would find a way to just get this one dollar or whatever you know scrap money she had lying around whatever she could have and find and she kept putting it into coffee cups and then the moment her all the kids were grown and everyone was out the house, she took all of these cans she had saved and just went traveling. Now, maybe it's easier, maybe it's harder, but it really inspired me of, okay, we don't all have the same 24 hours in a day because we all have different responsibilities, work, job, everything. But if we could do something like that of say, even if we put £2 a day for a year into a spare bank account or in a piggy bank and you times what, 365 by two, you have just shy of like seven, just shy of eight. £800 give or take there and what you can do with that you could travel or you could you know it doesn't have to be like a year living abroad or anything but it can be you know just visiting a really cool place you've wanted to go for a weekend it could be doing an experience day or something you really want to do and try but it's just giving yourself a little wiggle room for later and I remember with going for my year abroad and I remember just saving as much as I in university and I remember saying to my parents you know please don't buy me anything for you know my birthdays for the next few years or whatever just save that money you would have spent on me and let me use it for my year abroad because it's something i really wanted to do it was buying clothes second hand it was finding ways to live frugally that i managed to go and have this experience it's tough there were moments you know what i want this brand new thing how can i not have this but i always think the discipline i had back then with the help i was lucky to have from loving parents to be able to make this happen and support from a university that's how i did it and i'm so grateful because i met some of the most loveliest people out there who you've heard in this podcast, and we all had our experience experiences from Leon. I mean, just
1: take a listen. So my year abroad was the highlight of my college experience. I didn't really know what I was uh, letting myself in for. I was like, yeah, year abroad sounds like a great plan. So I signed up. There was originally going to be another girl from my course going, and she dropped out. So I was like, okay, moving to France by myself. It's going to be fine. Um, I didn't have a lot of French but I was like I'll figure that out when I get there um, and <laughs> I arrived it was it was like the hottest day ever and I like my mom came to like drop me over and we ended up getting completely lost in Lyon and not being able to find where I lived or where the student accommodation was completely sweating dragging all of my suitcases for what felt like miles around the city eventually got on a bus could figure out how to pay for the bus the bus driver just was like sit down sit down just sit down in french but we kind of got it from his gestures that he meant get on the bus he let us on the bus for free because we just looked so lost and um, eventually found the student accommodation that i had signed up to live in and when i arrived there was a little office and i went in and there was this woman who wouldn't let me there. She was like, your dossier, where's your dossier? And I was like, I don't know what that is. She's like, go to the university, you cannot stay here. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. And um, so I went to the university and I was like, I need a dossier and they were like, oh yes, your dossier, here you go. And it was just, just a piece of paper I needed to say that I'd registered for the student accommodation. But um, after that first exciting day, it definitely uh, improved the bureaucracy of figuring out your courses and your classes and making sure you're correctly registered and you have the right pieces of paper given to the right people and the right things signed by your university that was definitely the hardest part I think especially in France there's a very particular way of doing things and someone's office might be open for a half an hour on a blue moon every seven weeks and you have to get them at a specific time but if you queue uh, if you're at the back of the queue then you're going to miss them until uh, but um. yeah that was the hardest part but once once I eventually got registered for everything properly I was safely living in my student accommodation oh, I was amazing it was absolutely amazing I got to meet so many people like yourself Niku and um, and the others like how long ago that feels like it was about seven years ago now maybe and I know like we have friends for life from that experience you showing up in a new country not knowing anyone and you come across other um, international students and um, met loads of French people, really lovely people who welcomed you into like their way of life and invited you out to do things and introduced you to people and showed you around and oh, it was amazing. I think it really opened my eyes to different ways of living a little bit and um, you kind of, I've always been a little bit in my own bubble with my family in my particular suburb of North Dublin and it was really, really a great experience to see how other people kind of lived their lives and navigating my way through a new city and a new university and living in a new country where the language isn't my first language or a language that I was particularly strong at. So that was... Oh, it was just an amazing experience it really was
0: so listeners with everything i wish i knew with every adventure and anecdote i've ever had the takeaway from this episode is we might not be millionaires and you know it really is difficult to do all these things you want to experience but sometimes it is just living in the moment it is just enjoying those little moments in class or at work or or with your loved ones, or with your friends, or just even sometimes with yourself, where you can just take a moment, take a deep breath and just be like, yeah, maybe things aren't so bad. And maybe things are okay. And okay, I might not be able to do something now. But if I just pace myself a little bit, I can do it later. And I maybe can do it better and calmly without having to rush it and through that you'll get your own little anecdotes you'll make your own mistakes but in the best ways the one that replays in your mind but always makes you smile the mistake or the incident that just before you fall asleep in bed you start like chuckling a little bit because you remember how funny all that feeling of yeah i'm glad i did that because it was that memory now lives within you that photograph you have of some of you and your friends that show the best that reminds you of the best times and one of the reasons i called this episode millionaires is related to another song by the script where it always just reminded me to kind of there are little moments there's a line in particular that makes me think of you can have a million euros but you can't buy this and it's those little moments you know i, I will never have or perhaps i will i don't have a million pounds i don't have a million euros or you know any form of million but the memories i have in my opinion are worth so much more than that so listen Listeners, I'm asking you, if you can't do something now, because you know, life, things are difficult and I totally understand that. Maybe we can work a way around it. Maybe it is just, you know, putting a pound a day in a piggy bank or putting a little bit aside when you can and finding new ways to pace yourself. It doesn't have to be even deferred. If you want to, you know, run a marathon, do another boxing match or try boxing or enter a tournament or just try something new and you're you know nervous or scared or what have you, take a chance pace yourself you might not be able to enter the marathon this month but if with a little bit of training and a little bit of help you could try next month or you can find a half marathon to try or you know if you want to learn to bake you start with an easy recipe first and then you build up from there and that's how you learn that's how you grow then you'll have that memory that will make you feel amazing that millionaire memory in your mind which is something I like to call, and I'm grateful for how many I personally have. And with those happy thoughts, I like to think we admit them out and we release them into the world and then they come back to us tenfold. But good thoughts, good words, good deeds, and they live in your mind and they go out to the world as well. So listeners, please remember your millionaire memories. Please know that you're not alone. Please write write in to me if you want to share any of your millionaire memories or happy thoughts or anything. I have an email address which will be on all my socials and I will see you all in two weeks. Take Take care, go make a millionaire memory or train or plan for one and let me know what you think. And finally, just before I go... For any Twitch streamers out there, for anybody who likes video games, for anyone who enjoys watching Let's Plays or what have you, any gamers out there, I just wanted to let you know a streamer friend of mine viper7498 has hit over 500 twitch followers is amazing at what he does and is hosting a charity live stream in february i will be sharing posts about this on all my socials and he's raising money for mind and i think that's just utterly amazing so please go support him he's actually an avid listener of this podcast and a great human being. So again, links will be coming in the next few weeks. Take a listen and maybe, you know, watching him will be one of your millionaire memories. Maybe he will make you laugh and you'll replay that in your mind or, you know, it'll give you something good, a good feeling back. But he's a lovely guy. He's really talented. And please do take a listen and watch him if you can. So again, listeners, I will see you in two weeks. Make memories, do your best and take care, guys. Bye.